0: Thank you in advance for joining me. This is the Stand for Something podcast, where the only thing worth standing for is liberty. And thank you uh, for sticking with me through all this. There's been several name changes, a lot of things going on. And I'm trying to work with this podcast now. I'm wanting to get some good guests on. I'm wanting to operate under this name now. And I've had a podcast by this name before, but I'm working within this framework now. And I wanted to come to you today to talk about two things. There's really... Two big ideas I want to play with during this episode. You hear often, I think the the name of the man was Andrew Breitbart, when he said that politics is downstream from culture. But both of those things are very, very important, to be honest. I mean, how your politics goes in 21st century America is important. Now, I wish it was not. I really wish that politics had less of an impact than it does, but it is important, frankly. But we can work within that framework, and we can do it as well as we can. And we'll see. It's, it's going to be a big picture view of human history to see whether this does happen or not. Because I want it to. I mean, when you think about it, past history, around the era of the 1770s or so, you did people care about politics? Yes. Were there people that did that all the time? Absolutely. Absolutely. You had your people that worked within the system as far as... People in Britain, when it comes to Parliament, they did that. But overall, things are hyper-politicized now. And I really think you can blame a lot of it on the 24-hour news cycle and the mainstream media. Now, the mainstream media would not be in the business that it's in if they weren't getting any viewers. You. You listening to this feed into it. I, the person speaking into this microphone have fed into it, and I still do feed it. Whenever you just go on Google and look up someone by their name and then click on news, trying to find some controversies that they're in, you're feeding this. They're getting hits. They're getting clicks. Google's getting hits, getting clicks. Whenever you turn on Fox News, whenever you turn on CNN, whenever you turn on Newsmax, whenever you turn on Secular Talk or The Young Turks, I don't care what it is. When you turn on the radio, listen to someone on the radio. Whenever you listen to Dana or... Dan Bongina or Buck Sexton and his co-host. Anyone, any one of these people, you're feeding this. You're feeding this system of news. Now, here's the issue. You are also, by turning on the radio, by turning on the TV, getting information. And a lot of the times you're getting information of events that did happen. The problem is the spin. So you have to make a concentrated effort to say to yourself... I am going to try and use a filter. I'm going to use a grid, a filter, and not take everything that I get here on the news at face value. I'm going to do further research, especially on the stuff that really matters. Of course, there's stuff that comes on the news that doesn't really matter. But if it doesn't really matter, you're not going to be affected by it much, and you're not going to really think about it much. But if it's a controversy that makes you want to get on Twitter or get on Facebook or text your friend about it, do a little research before you think about it. That's an important thing about the political system. There was a situation where, I'm sure you remember, this was a while ago though, around the time of Trump running the first time in 2016, that a rumor went around that Denzel Washington was going to vote for Donald Trump, that he liked Trump, which was actually not true, but ironically, this made Denzel angry at the media the same way that Trump often got angry at the media. And so Denzel was interviewed at one point, or at least he kind of stepped aside and had a reporter stick a mic in his face and he started talking. And he basically said, no, no, it's not true. But here's the problem with the media. You don't listen to the news and you're uninformed. You do listen to the news and you're misinformed. So you all have a very important duty because you can report anything, including BS. And then he kind of walked off. This is important. This is true. There is a huge amount of responsibility on the media, and this is a thing. Trump running, although I will say it it, it preexisted Trump, the, the fact that Obama was treated the way that he was treated, as kindly and as nicely as he was, started to wake people up. They started to realize, wait a second, there's this stuff going on, there's this stuff going on, not a peep out of it from this source or this source or this source. But then, when it came down to Trump running, and no one really treated Trump with kid gloves, even the people at Fox News... This is around the time that Roger Ailes was in. And Roger Ailes liked Trump, at least from what I've heard. But almost none of his viewers and supporters did at first. Because everyone thought that Trump was a joke. My own father, who's a big Trump supporter, did not want to vote for him. And did not vote for him in the primary, but did in the general. And then again in 2020. And that's hardly just my family story. That involves a lot of people who have a similar story, right? So, that said... Almost all the mainstream media was against Trump and then continued to be against Trump as time went on, right? And this is the thing. The mainstream media has their own spin. Now, as time went on, did Fox News warm up to Trump? Absolutely. Especially people like Tucker Carlson, of course. Uh, Sean Hannity was another one. Yes. Bill O'Reilly liked him. Although then the whole thing happened with Bill O'Reilly and he got fired. So there's just multiple things going on with the mainstream media and... It's an important thing to consider that you do need to listen. I think you should. I'm not telling you to be uninformed. I'm not telling you to just cut it all off. Now, if you want to cut all off for a day or two days or three days, by all means, go ahead. Take a break. I have to from time to time, absolutely. But there's also a time to listen to the news, watch the news, and actually do research yourself. To see a headline or listen to a news story and then go on to the Internet or open up a book and do research yourself. The responsibility is on you. You are the uninformed public. You can change that. You can reach out to people around you. You can talk to your mom. You can talk to your dad. You can talk to your coworkers in a situation where you don't think you're going to get fired, obviously. Be careful. Exercise judgment. And for goodness sakes, don't put your relationship with the people around you that you love in jeopardy because you want to talk about politics. But if it comes up and they make some sort of an unsubstantiated claim, you can put them in check. You can just ask questions. Is that true? How do you know that that's true? Do you think that that falls within confirmation bias? Why or why not? And ask questions. It's important because a lot of people tend to get in their echo chamber and they all agree and no one questions back and forth. And that's what we need. We need disagreement. We need conversation. We need free speech. That's on the political side at a cultural level. I actually just had an amazing conversation with a future guest of this podcast and a very interesting topic came up involving culture, which is that everything exists within a worldview. And I've had discussions like this with other people too, but you cannot look at the public school system or listen to someone that is following the Darwinian theory of evolution and the idea of survival of the fittest. And, I'm, and also the, the origin of life. What The people that follow the Big Bang Theory, things like that. That the, Basically, the scientific answer that science created itself, that science created the solar system, the universe, things of that nature. That there is no creator. That it simply happened and evolved naturally that the chemicals and the atoms worked together into itself to the point over millions of years into a size of a point the size of a pin into a point the size of a pinhead then exploded into a big bang that what took place after that was the evolution of a planet at which point there was water and that something crawled out of the water and eventually evolved into what we are today into what we see around us today. If you hear that... You're kidding yourself if you think that that is not a worldview, if you think that that is not a belief system. Everyone has a belief system. I don't care if it's that. I don't care if it's someone that is Muslim that goes and bows down towards Mecca or Medina five times a day and prays, or a Jew that wears a yarmulke and goes to synagogue on Saturdays, or a Christian that goes to a Baptist or Presbyterian or Methodist church. I don't care. Regardless, you have a belief system. And your belief system about religion influences every other part of your values in your life. It influences whether you believe you can make it in this world. It is very debilitating to believe I can't do it, I can't make it, the rich are on top, that's not going to change, and I can't succeed. And it's very easy to believe that when you when you fall into either nihilism, which is funny, Friedrich Nietzsche was against, although he became, through posterity, a very nihilistic thinker and writer and author. Uh, that leads to, you can't get ahead, the system is stacked against you, there's no way you can succeed. Whereas, you are a child of God, Jesus Christ came to die for you, He came to save you from your sins so that you can be forgiven. And not only that, but God loves you. God cares for you. Even though this world is broken, you can be salt of the earth and help preserve it. And also God made man and woman. He made them in the garden of Eden. And even when things were perfect, he gave them work to do. He gave them hard work to do. And also when you work, work hard as unto the Lord and not unto men. And whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. If you believe that versus the prior situation, the prior mindset that I described, of course it's going to change you. You cannot get 100 or 1,000 or a million people or 10 million, people who believe one way and then get another group the other side that believes the other way and tell me that it's not going to look like that. Now, there are people that are secular humanists that do believe. I can get out there and I can work hard and I can do well. There's people like that all the time. We see it all the time. However, it doesn't spread very well. It doesn't scale very well. Now, it doesn't scale perfectly with Christians. We're all fallen human beings in a fallen world. But I'm talking about the worldview, the mindsets that a society has to have. And there has to be Judeo-Christian values. Now, people say Judeo-Christian. I will say um, emphasis on the Christian, although I think that There are certain Jews that do follow the teachings of the Torah and that are happy, productive human beings. There's also plenty that do tend to fall into the, well, here and now, life here and now, not the future. And it's really hard for me to have a discussion with someone like that when they don't believe in the words, do not lay up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. For where your treasure is there, where your heart be also. They don't believe that that is the inspired word of God. It's hard to have commonality there. But I do have that commonality with a fellow brother or sister in Christ. And so your worldview, your environment does shape you. That really is more important than any political issue. Now that's first and foremost what we're called to do. I am put on this earth first and foremost to make disciples. I am not here to run or to run a podcast or to speak to people about politics and give speeches... Uh, That's not why I was put on this earth. I think that it is something I can do on this earth and do it for good and do it unto the Lord and not unto men. But that is not my primary purpose. My primary purpose is to make disciples. It is to glorify God by enjoying him forever and to glorify God and enjoy him forever. To grow closer to him, to worship him and exalt and magnify him, to advance his kingdom here on this earth to be salt and light. And to let my light so shine before others that they may see my good works and glorify the Father who is in heaven. That is what I am all about. That is why I'm here. And unless I do that, then the rest of the work of my life is going to come up meaningless. I could live my whole life from 18 onwards talking about politics die Diet 88 or 98 And look back with tears in my eyes and cry, I've wasted it, I've wasted it. I could use an equal amount of time, 70 years or more, and work as a businessman or as a salesman and cry at the end of those days, I have wasted it, I have wasted it. There are so many things you could teach for that amount of time. So many different things you could do. But if you don't put God above everything else, then you're going to feel empty and come up empty. And you're not going to see the fruit. The other thing too is, Whenever you're in your deathbed and you're getting ready to die, you need to be looking over the fruit in your life. You need to be looking at the, in other words, like a garden. You've been a gardener your whole life and you want to look at what's growing. And this, we see this in the Bible in sowing and reaping. Whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will reap generously. Daniel King Murphy, my friend who's in his 80s, he'll be turning 84 shortly, talks about sowing and reaping all the time. You reap what you sow, you reap more than you sow, and you reap later than you sow. There will be things you sow at 24 years old, like I am, I'm 24, that you will reap at 54, 64, 74. And you'll think, hmm, where did that come from? And you'll be able to trace it back to all this time a long time ago when you made this habit. And that habit became a part of your life, a huge part, becomes your destiny. And I've had to do that in a small way. Here's a tiny little example. I read stories. I read Robert A. Rome's book, the man that came up with the DISC personality assessment. And I've read him. And I also read another book that talked about procrastination. There's a book by, I think his name's Bob Schultz, called Boyhood and Beyond, that really shaped me during the formative years. And in either situation, you grow... One degree at a time. This is what, this is the name of one of the chapters in the Bob Schultz book. One degree at a time. This is the story that Bob Schultz tells. He was up late at night one night. He was living up uh, in Oregon, and it would get cold in his camper. He was in, living in an RV camper with his family. And it would get cold at night, freezing. It would go colder than 32 degrees. In fact, sometimes it would get closer to zero than 32. And they would have to turn on water, a little trickle of water, To make sure their water didn't freeze. Well one night he woke up. And he didn't hear the gurgling of the sink. Meaning that the water was not on. They had lost water. So immediately. He jumped up. Grabbed a heater. And starts walking up and down the line. trying With a flashlight trying. Trying to find the frozen spot in the line. Knowing full well with every minute that passed. That that piece of ice was growing. It was getting colder and colder and colder. And the ice blocking with the water was going to get worse and worse and worse. And he ran back and forth, shining a flashlight, feeling every inch of the line and could not find it. No blocked spot, no big chunk of ice. What in the world? All right. Keep the present in mind. Now here's the past. Slowly, the author of this book, who's telling the story, Bob Schultz was growing cold to God. He still thought about God. He still worshiped God, but he wasn't as close to him as he should have been. He wasn't spending time with him like he should have been. He wasn't learning from him. He wasn't spending as much time in the world, in the word. He wasn't spending as, he was not spending as much time in the word as he should have been. He was working. He was spending time with family and getting home and resting. Not enough time resting in God when he should have been. So back to the present, he's running up and down, trying to find this frozen spot in the line. And finally, he just stopped and his mind is racing. He's breathing in slowly, trying to catch his breath, thinking, okay, where is this? Where is this frozen spot? And in the quiet of the night, no one's awake. He looks up at the sky and he sees the beautiful stars and a big moon. And out in the freezing cold air in Oregon, trying to find a frozen spot in the line, he hears the voice of his father, his heavenly father, talking to him. When you have a frozen part of your line, the line of water going to your house, you jump up with a heater and a flashlight and go up right away and start looking. Why have you not done that spiritually? And Bob Schultz realized slowly over time, the living water, meaning Jesus, the word going to his heart had started to freeze and he hadn't jumped up. There was no jumping up and grabbing a heater and looking around. He just kind of kept going and letting it freeze harder and harder and harder. And then that night, he realized he, that needed to change. He needed to spend more time with God. He needed to have a stronger spiritual life. And a few minutes later, he finally found the frozen spot by the water heater, put a heater to it, and after about five ten minutes of heat put to that frozen spot, they had water again. It was a life-changing moment for him, a moment when he realized that the living water going to his heart had frozen, but that the Father was bringing him back to his warm side. All this to say, the thing he says in this chapter, the idea, the big point, is one degree at a time. And I want you to keep this in mind. Things will change one degree at a time. Please remind yourself of that. Whenever you see the culture going this way, oh, Josh, oh, Josh, Russia, Ukraine, Ukraine, the world's going to fall apart and explode. People are going to nuke each other. We're going to get involved in another war. Biden's going to be the commander in chief and he doesn't know what he's doing. Keep in mind even those decisions as big as they are happen 1 degree at a time. Biden has to tell somebody. Somebody's going to be advising Biden. Someone's going to be talking to the president of President in the Ukraine, the prime minister. Someone's going to be speaking to Vladimir Putin. These are people and they can be influenced and God can do whatever he wants. He can put it in Putin's heart, you know, I'm going to stop this. Or he can put it in Putin's heart and say, yes, I'm going to do this. And then it's the wrong thing and Putin ends up being humiliated and defeated. Same with Biden, same with the president of Ukraine, same with ISIS. It's all in God's control and things happen one degree at a time. Don't be discouraged. Don't be fearful. And this is another thing that Bob Schultz says in his book. Now... Things improve one degree at a time. So you don't jump from 100 degrees to 98 degrees. Now you've got to go to 99 degrees, right? When you're starting to freeze. And when you're warming up, you go from 101 to 103. You, you have to have a 102 degrees in between. And so as things improve and get better and better, it's one degree at a time. You, just, you wake up one morning and the alarm clock goes off. instead of staying in bed longer, you go ahead and get up. But, warning to all of you, the opposite is also true. The boy hears his alarm clock goes off, and he looks at it, and he realizes, yeah, I need to go ahead and get up, got to get to work, got to get to school. But he decides to stay in bed one minute longer, just one more minute. Tomorrow, he may stay in bed at two minutes longer then three. In a month or so, more or less, depending on if he keeps this up, he may be lying in bed 1 hour after his alarm is supposed to go up, after his alarm goes off it's 1 degree at a time and people that do that people who let themselves become worse 1 degree at a time become unemployable adults uncoachable athletes and they really wreck things wherever they go they leave a trail of wreckage wherever they go and you can tell you can tell who is getting worse 1 degree at a time who is stagnant And who is trying, although it's difficult and they're not perfect at it, to get better, one degree at a time. This is the theme of this episode, too. Things will get better or worse in this country, one degree at a time. Now, you can think about it in terms, negatively, of the frog sitting in the boiling water. The frog has got to sit there for a long time before he starts to roast. He's got to go through a slow boiling first, though. Then slowly the skillet gets hotter and hotter and hotter with the water in it. And finally, he ends up roasting one degree at a time. And that's how things can be on the negative side. But on the positive side, you're not going to wake up one morning in a country that's completely better. No, that is one degree at a time. One vote at a time, one election at a time, or one rejection of power at a time. Someone comes into power and they start saying, okay, we're going to mandate this. We're going to require this. And one person at a time, people say, no, thanks. We're not going to comply with that. We will not comply. I will not comply. One person does it. Someone's driving down the road. They see someone refusing to obey. That encourages their heart. You know, I saw someone not going along with everyone else. That encourages me to do the same thing. Then that person is seen by someone else. Who's only putting on a mask, who's only getting a passport, a vaccine passport. I don't mind saying that on this podcast because everyone else is doing it. But then he sees, she sees the person that's a conscientious objector, someone that is lovingly and kindly saying, no, we're not going along with that. Not going to do it. And it changes their mind and their heart too. It's one degree at a time, y'all. Please. I'm asking you this, I'm asking you to be a light, one light at a time, one degree at a time, work to improve yourself spiritually, physically, intellectually, financially, in your career, in your life, at your church, whatever it is that you're doing right now, you can do better. And never stop improving. There's always room for improvement. And it's okay. You're not going to be perfect. And if you have good people around you, they're going to know that. And they're still going to love you. Flaws and all. And they're going to support you and help you. They're going to see that you're trying. And they're going to help you. They're going to coach you. They're going to love you anyway. And whenever they need to coach you, they'll give you some tough advice. And whenever they need to be quiet, they'll be quiet. Because that's how it is. All of us on this planet, have mistakes and we, make, we mess up. And God knows that. Our Heavenly Father knows that. And He has grace. He has mercy and He has grace. And it's a free gift. He gave His Son as a free gift for you. The choice is whether you will follow after Him. Because Jesus came to the disciples and He said, follow me. He did not grab them by the neck and just start dragging them off and say, you have to. That was an invitation. They got up out of their own free will and started to follow him. The people in the Bible, everywhere, there's free will decisions made. And you, you have free will listening to this. You can follow the light. You can follow the path of Jesus Christ, the Father, the Spirit. Or you can continue in your own way. I hope that you'll join me and join others as we work one degree at a time to improve things in this country and in our world. Because we're all, every tribe, nation, people, and tongue going to stand before him in heaven one day. Language barriers aren't going to matter. We're going to probably sing one song in one language, another song in another language. But what we do here on this planet matters. And God wants freedom. God gave us free will. He gave us freedom. And we need to fight for freedom here in this world. there's going to be practical applications of that that I will give you. But this episode is way more about culture than it is about politics. Again, I thank you for listening. Please follow me in the relevant links in the description of this episode and I'll catch you on the next one.